0: Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into being the badass in business you were born to be. And as always, I have another exciting guest with me. Jenny Burke is here with me, live in the audience or studio, I should say. And Jenny, I'm going to have you just do a really quick introduction as to who you are, where, and what you're about.
1: Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on today. And my name is Jenny Eden Burke. I'm a certified eating psychology coach and a body image mentor, um, speaker, and a best-selling author of the book "The Body Image Blueprint." So I'm so psyched to be here. I help people heal their relationship with food and with their
0: bodies. Nice. And you know, as someone who's been through, like personally, I've been through my own challenge with um, with food, and in particular, sugar has been my Ah, oh, yes, fell in love, fell in lust, fell into an addictive relationship with it, and you know it's it's been it's been a process you know unraveling the the stuff around food and what is really in and behind all of it is yeah. more than just saying, okay, i'm gonna not eat sugar again
1: right I totally agree with you in fact, I have a i really feel that sort of divorcing yourself of all those rules and regulations is actually one of the healing steps to actually live with sugar and have it be around and be in your environment without it controlling you or without it, you feeling like you're beholden to it or that you have no control. And because I find like with my clients that the more of like don't eat this and don't eat that and no eating after six and sugar is bad and that's good, the more that you can sort of like create more neutral terms for food, is it just being like energy and just being like something that fuels your body, the less morality we have around it and therefore less morality that we... Ascribe to ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in my language, I always talk about that is like the self judgment, right? Mm-hmm. When we're beating ourselves up over, did I eat the right foods? Did I eat the wrong foods? Should mm-hmm. I eat this? Should I eat that? And I know, like, for me, I've come to a place with sugar where it's like, it's better if I just don't, you know, but I don't beat myself up if I have a little bit of it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great, really healthy and balanced way to be thinking about it because it sounds to me like you're more concerned about how it makes you feel right mm-hmm. than about anything else. And what I have find, found with the people that I work with is they equate sugar, like this inanimate object, you know, this not, it's not, you know, human. It, there's not, it's just energy. Right. And they attribute all this meaning to it and they have all the stories around it, that it becomes this thing. It's like be a myth where it's like, if I eat this, that I'm going to gain weight. If I eat this. Then I'm gonna binge, I'm gonna be out of control. And I think those stories they they like fuel each other, right? And so then we become really fearful and confused around food as opposed to curious. Like you're saying, like, I know how sugar makes me feel, but I'm not gonna restrict myself and never have it. because number one, that's not realistic, right? Mm-hmm. and And number two, the way that our society is, it's everywhere. Like I was reading this amazing book. It's called The Hacking of the American Mind. And um, he talks about how sugar used to be just literally a condiment. And now it's actually part of our everyday foodstuffs and like be- virtually everything it, in most processed foods. And so, of course, we're like craving it because it's yes. loading up our reward centers, right? <laughs> like, woo, sugar!
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fascinating. Yeah. When you start to really dig and look at the scientific research and the scientific effect of what sugar does and the fact that it lights up the same centers that dopamine centers that cocaine does.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you start to get like, why is this, you know, why it's been so addictive. And then of course the whole thing of, you know, you you would speak to this better than I would, but that when we have some, I know for myself, when I have some, then I want more. And when I have more, I want even more. So it's this ever, you know, increasing desire for sugar.
1: Yeah. And like, so he talks about this in this book too, and this is a, what I do in a lot of my work is how do we activate the same receptors that sugar sort of activates, the dopamine, but actually come at, have it come from this really authentic place? Because our reward centers light up when we're doing something that we love too, like mm-hmm. walking on a beach or having sex or whatever it is. and that is coming from this like really genuine, authentic place. And oftentimes we're looking for false fixes. We're looking for other ways to get that reward. And so what I I like to do with my clients is I have them um, create a pleasure inventory. Mm -hmm. And I'll say like, write down everything you can possibly think of that gives you pleasure and joy and satisfaction and meaning. And I want you to pick three things to do every week from this list. Because the more that you're activating the natural dopamine receptors, the less that sugar plays that role. Because remember, there's like the there's there's the physical addiction and mm-hmm. then there's also the emotional and psychological addiction. Yeah, two separate things, right?
0: Yeah. It's such so it's such a great idea. Like, you know, that's what I've kind of done naturally. I find that the more I'm, you know, moving forward with my business and I'm just I'm naturally, I love it, I'm having so much fun. I don't find that I crave the food
1: that right; it just naturally goes away. Exactly. And I have found the same thing. Like in the beginning parts of my business, I was so enthralled and so curious. And so like at my computer all day long, like I would literally go hours without eating. And I am somebody who does not (laughs) go hours without eating. I'm always like, what's my next meal? And what am I going to eat again? And I was so like, I was loving what I was doing so much that it was the first time ever in my whole life where I was like okay, I'll eat later I'll eat later'll i eat later you know yeah and that's when I knew that I was like I'm doing what I meant what I meant to do right because people yeah. oftentimes use food and they use you know sugar even processed foods as a surrogate for something that they're lacking or avoid in their lives right mm-hmm. whether it's pursuing your passions or you know intimate relationships or community or spirituality or you know hobbies and things like that and if any one of those things are out of alignment then we're gonna turn to food more. Why? Because it it works.
0: Yes. It works, right? It does
1: work temporarily. Actually, it works temporarily. Yes. But it does change your biophysiology. It changes your physiology, actually does what you're looking for it to do temporarily. Yeah. And it's also socially acceptable. It's mm-hmm. abundant. It's cheap.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. not only acceptable. I mean, this is like you think about, you know, networking events are around food, social events are around food, you know, it's like, oh, let's get together. Let's go have lunch or right. let's have tea. And somebody puts out little snacks with the tea. Like there's food everywhere.
1: Everywhere. It's, it's completely infiltrated our entire culture. Like you go to the bank, there's going to be like lollipops at the bank. Yes. So you go to Starbucks just innocently for like a little cup of coffee and they've got samples out, you know, all these like spontaneous food decisions that we have to make that we weren't expecting to that we don't really need mm-hmm. but but there's a lot of evidence showing that like when food is in our purview you're going to eat it so like if there's samples at Starbucks you're most unless you're making a conscious decision and you're really grounded and mindful in that moment mm-hmm. uh, you're just going to take it because it's there
0: yeah you know yeah it's 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 really it's such an ingrained piece because unlike other addictions, you can't totally eliminate it. That's so it's true. It's not like, you know, if you're an alcoholic, well, don't go to the bars and, you know, ask your friends to not drink around you and those kinds of things. But you can't stop
1: eating. That's, that's what comes up all the time. It's like, well, how do I get a handle on this? And so there's a few things that I tell, that I tell people. Number one is, is make everything else aligned make, make sure that you're, you're nurturing your relationships, that you're nurturing your sensuality and sexuality, that you're pursuing your passions in life, that there's a spiritual component, a community component, everything that, you know, your nutrition, your movement, and I make sure everything's aligned
0: mm-hmm. because
1: then it, it doesn't become as such a addictive force in your life because you're happy and you're balanced. But the other thing that i I talk to a lot with my clients is that it's, it's the scarcity mindset that makes us feel like we are, we have these cravings. So if you think about it, um, what we, what we resist persists and what we sort of deny ourselves, we want more of.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: same is true. Like, like if there wouldn't be so many sex scandals, like political sex scandals. If, If all these things were just normal, you know, like we embrace sexuality in that way. And it's that piece of not like, oh, I'm being naughty. I'm getting away with something. Oh, I'm being rebellious. And they, you know, get away with stuff and then they get caught and then there's this huge scandal. And so like, it's the same with food. Like if you don't make food a big deal, if you make it just what it's supposed to be, which is to make your body thrive and to feel good and to move well, then and you don't create rules and scarcity around it. There's like an abundance mindset around food. Then it becomes less naughty <laughs> and more just like, ooh, I get to really enjoy this. I get to have pleasure around food. Wow, okay. And then your brain registers that. If your brain is not registering pleasure, it's gonna keep craving and wanting more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. And, and that piece around it making, changing it over to choice.
1: Mm -hmm. that we're
0: choosing what we're eating. We're choosing why we're eating it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and then, you know, instead of denying, maybe it's choosing
1: how much. Well, see, this is a great question that you're bringing up because I feel like there are too many experts out there telling people how much to eat when in fact they have no idea. Every metabolism is different. Every lifestyle is different. Everybody's bio individuality is, everything is different. So that's one of the things that I used to hate was other people would say, are you sure you want seconds? Or like, you know, like you may want to, you know, slow down a little bit. And I used to feel like people were constantly judging my appetite. So then of course I was judging my appetite mm-hmm. and if, whenever I was doing diets, I would see the portion and I li- would literally want to cry because I knew I would be still hungry. And so one part of what I do with folks is, to teach them to trust their own appetites and their own bodily cues. Because when you do that, you're just like the lion in the wild knows exactly how much elk to eat or a wild hog or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we know too. We just have ceased to listen deeply enough to, know, to understand like, what is your, what is your body really telling you? Because we eat really distractedly. We're constantly dissociated from our bodies. We're not dropping into our bodies while we're eating to really be able to notice those cues. You know what I mean? And when I started to do that, it was unbelievable. Like I was always somebody who felt like food was a project, like I had to get done with my plate right? And now it's like, I'm halfway done and my body is saying like, oh, yeah, you're pretty full. And it's like, okay, that's amazing. I'm done. I can put this away and have it tomorrow. So it's very empowering. My, I feel like mindful, like bringing consciousness and mindfulness to the eating experience.
0: Yeah. And there's so much more to enjoy when you're actually present and you drop in to the mm-hmm. experience of eating and tasting all the flavors, mm. all the textures, like to really let yourself experience those is, yeah. I love that you say that it's, you know, it's bringing that consciousness back in because that is, I mean, you know, for me, that's my theme woven in is like getting people to really get connected with their consciousness.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's so compelling, isn't it? And, and so many of us either don't know how to do it or we've lost touch with it that we just like, you know, when we're actually doing it, we're like, oh yeah, this is what it's like to be in my body <laughs> oh yeah. you know, And like I, I found that I had to try lots of things to remember to do it. So like sensuality pro- um, like projects where I would like take different pieces of fabric or like being in body of water and just remember like, what does this feel like? What does that feel like? And the same thing with food, like how does this taste in my mouth? What are the complex and nuanced flavors in this food? you know, is it giving me pleasure? Do I enjoy the taste? Do I enjoy the the texture and stuff like that? And there's so much information that you can get from that, which then tells your hypothalamus to tell your brain, okay, we're good. We got pleasure. We're feeling good. <laughs> I'm done. I can move on now, you know, to other yeah. things.
0: Yeah. It it really is amazing. Um, You know, just that whole process to think that Along the way, like what if we're just looking for that satiated, I've experienced it all. And if you're rushing through it, then you don't ever, may never get to that. Yeah. But by taking one or two bites and really slowing down and really dropping in, maybe that's all you need.
1: I know for a fact that that's true. Because of I've done workshops where um, I give everyone a f- like five little pieces of chocolate and I walk them first, I, I give them a worksheet. and I'm like, just eat it how you normally do. And I have like a little worksheet that they fill out. Like, did you notice mm-hmm. this? And, and then I, I walk them through like a really slow mindful eating exercise and they fill it out again. And people are like shocked that one or two little pieces is enough. It's, uh, it's rich enough. It's unctuous enough. It's enough to f- it's like, I have people saying like, I can't eat lunch now. And I'm <laughs> like, really? And they're like, yeah, normally I would eat the whole bag now too, it's like too much because you're noticing just how rich it is and, and all of those really complex and satisfying flavors that chocolate, you know, can give us. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this one client that was very, very ill. She was actually in a coma for three months. And when she woke up from her coma, they started, she was being fed intravenously for a while. And the first like solid food that she had was a strawberry. And this is somebody, you know, who has always struggled with weight, always struggled with food. Like she said she had this strawberry and it was the most luscious, sweet, amazing strawberry she'd ever had. It was like she'd never had a strawberry before. And I was like, this is how you need to eat all the time. This is how we can eat all the time. If we're bringing gratitude and consciousness and we're allowing that pleasure to seep through, think about how powerful that is you know, the fact that she was marveling in a tiny strawberry was so beautiful to me. And I was like, you got to remember that. You got to remember that moment every time you eat. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah. Oh, to, to allow yourself the permission to actually savor that deeply.
1: Mm-hmm. Think about how many times we don't give ourselves permission to feel pleasure Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of stigma against pleasure in our society as a whole. Absolutely, right? right? And, and go ahead, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, it's, like
0: particularly, I see that hugely in in business. People are so you know it's so focused on I gotta make money, I gotta make money, I gotta make money, and they run right over. Having the joy, experiencing the joy in the the struggle, experience the joy in the build and experience the joy in each stab, which is what accelerates it. It's just like, you know, with the food, by savoring it more, you are satiated quicker. Well, in business, the more
1: you savor it, the more that comes in. I love that parallel. It's almost like slowing down to speed up, right? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. So true because if you're constantly focused on the outcome, how could you possibly enjoy the process? Yeah, it's all outcome based. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. There's so much joy. We were talking about this before we went live. Like how much joy we find in just being in our business, like serving people, working, doing the things that we're meant to do is so amazing, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, there's nothing wrong with indulging in that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well,
0: you know, that the automatic piece that I find for most people, you know, it's like, I'm I'm not doing enough. I'm not making enough. So I need to get pushing harder and Mm -hmm. to get to that next level. When I get that next level, then I will, I'll rest, I'll relax, I'll enjoy it. But in fact, it's the opposite. If you stop and you let yourself have joy and you let yourself, you know, be in this present space, it's a lot easier to go to that next level. Oh totally and you're wonderful. already in the conditioning of let me enjoy it. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know as you're talking like I'm seeing such a correlation between what you're saying and weight or body image or food because mm-hmm. oh like you know you end result like I got to lose 10 more pounds and then you get there and you're not happy enough you got to do more you got to do more you got to do more it's never good enough right and then you're yeah. never enjoying what is you're never enjoying just your beautiful body, you know, it's like constantly getting to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Size two, size zero, double zero, you know. Yeah. It can be very obsessive. And I, I see that a lot with entrepreneurs too because, well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of comparisonitis, right? You see mm-hmm. on the online space and the social media and everyone's looking like they're so successful. <laughs> you know how they have like Fitspo on Instagram? I almost feel oh so fitspo is this term where people like show off their muscles in their Lululemon pants. Oh okay, okay. All the different ways that they're you know working their bodies and stuff. They call it fitspo. I almost feel like that's there's like a fitspo in the entrepreneurial world where they're like showing off their revenue and showing off their six figure months. Yeah. Oh look, I just manifested ten grand (laughs) out of nowhere.
0: How did it happen, <laughs> oh my God, hey, reach out and find out how well it's like, honey, you worked your ass off and then it landed in because you asked for the sale, yeah Same way all the rest of us are making this shit happen,
1: oh my God, I love it I <laughs> you. we
0: should should do a rant on like exposing the bullshit of 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 business <laughs> we
1: should we should do we should do like a Facebook live or something like
0: enough, stop
1: the madness.
0: Stop the madness (laughs) or, or the, I, you know, I remember one time I had seen a, um, a little article spoof, you know, real estate, you know, and it's like, when they say, you know, it's a, it's a fixer upper or a a renovators dream home, then it's like, you know, the place (laughs) is trash and there's not even running water. Like they translated all of these terms. Oh yeah. What it really is. It's cozy. 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 Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough room even for your rats it's 100 square
1: feet it's cozy it's cozy <laughs> yeah oh my gosh I and mean, other I said it needs a little TLC oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny we all we all call bullshit sometimes right You've got
0: to. I I I'm just I'm personally I'm really tired of all the bullshit in in all the areas. I mean, I see it a lot, like you say, you know, in the online world. Yeah. It's so easy to pretend that you are somebody that you're not. Mm-hmm. And so there's all this crap. And yet if you really wanna drop into being conscious, like we've got to let it go. We've got to stop pretending that we're anything, you know, anything that other than what we are. And what if who we are and what we are right here, right now is just
1: perfect. And usually it is. Yeah. Right. Because if, you, yeah, it's like, if you're not picking up what I'm putting down and that's me, then, then you're not my audience. You're not the right person for me. Right. Right. And I mean, you can't, it's, I mean, we're getting into like niching and all this other stuff, but like, it's true. Like you can't, you can't change your business persona for every person out there. It has so, to be who are you and who's going to resonate with you based on everything that you just do naturally and authentically. Yeah. I totally, I
0: totally agree with that. My best example of that is that the fact that, you know, I occasionally swear I will drop an F bomb here or there. I'm not using it profusely, but I do. And then there's the odd interview where I, you know, it feels like every second word is fuck. (laughs) Sometimes it comes through. But then I have people who say, "Oh, oh, I think you would do better in business if you just would stop swearing. I'm like, no, actually, my audience is attracted to the fact that I will use it. In a manner that creates change, in a manner that is disruptive, like as mm-hmm. far as like jarring them, but I'm not overusing it, and it is authentic to who I am.
1: Right. you're not being what's that word? Um, oh, I forgot the name of that word, where you're just doing it willy-nilly because Oh,
0: sure after or, Yeah, what's just that word. Oh, it's gonna kill me. I know. Phone me up later, but it it is. It's and you see the people who are using it inauthentic, right? They they watch the big names like you mentioned, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, he swears profusely, but it is integrated into who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not loving him anymore. It was interesting for a while, but he's anyway. That's a whole other topic. So, but when people do it just because they think that's what's on trend. Or that's what they need to do. Or they see somebody like Gary Vee, who's got a huge following and they think, oh, he's got a huge following because he swears. And, it's and like,
1: therefore I have to. Right. Right. Yeah, no. I know what the word is. Gratuitous.
0: Ah, that's gratuitous. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the
1: yeah. gratuitous swearing. Yes. It has <laughs> to be like, you ha- I mean, for me, it's like when I say it, it's got to have a lot of umph behind it. I can't just be like, say it, say it, say it, because it feels so good when you say the F word. When you're like, it's full of meaning and it's really expressing exactly how you feel, you know. There's nothing. It's a great different. word. It's got lots yeah. of oomph. It's got lots
0: of impact. And you, when you use yeah. it in a certain way to just like drive home a point, it's like, yeah, mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> throwing <laughs> a good fuck every now and then, right? Like. That was a bit gratuitous. Was that gratuitous? Come on. It was slightly gratuitous, you know, but it was still on point. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you. You were being gratuitous. I'm just kidding. It's walking the line. It was, you know.
1: I was actually reading an article that said the people who swear are smarter. Or intelligent. Native, yes. Yes. Um,
0: well, and, and and they've actually studied the um, the stress release of it because yeah. the word ha- like the words have impact, right? So you're like, Oh, you just, you get that out and you're Catholic. releasing the stress. It's cathartic. You yeah. release that stress from your body. And so then you're not carrying it around
1: and you just move on. Mm-hmm. Move on. Yeah. I, I wrote a blog post about seven unusual ways to release stress. I kind of want to put that on there. There's a, they have like these anger rooms where you can like literally go in and like break a bunch of shit. And love like- those. Oh, you've been into one
0: they're awesome it's so much fun oh my god yeah to just destroy things or if you've ever done demolition on your house like oh that's so much fun like just take a big sledge or hammer and like okay oh, I
1: I, I, the one the closest one is like in texas to me that's pretty far so i'm like i guess i'm just gonna have to find some shit to break here <laughs> but yeah i mean that i mean i think cursing is a great way to like relieve stress too yeah you know.
0: yeah. anyway, well, we digress we digress we digress but this has been so much fun so just before we wrap up um if people want to get to know a little bit more about you find you
1: what's the best place yeah thank you so much um so the best piece is my website which is www.jennyeden that's e-d-e-n like the garden of <laughs> coaching.com jennyedencoaching.com Awesome. All right.
0: So thank you so much for being a guest, Jenny. It's been a pleasure. I
1: know. You're so fun. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to
0: the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into being the badass in business you were born to be. All right. If you have not downloaded the app, make sure that you get over to Apple or the Google Play Store and download the free app. Have a search for Dana Ferrant Inner Power and you will have immediate access to way more tips and tools, all the things that you need stepping into your power and really exponentially growing your business.